Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. I am your host, Tom Gallagher. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast. This episode, we are going to do the hustle. Not the band Koi Disco hit, although it's a fantastic song. The hustle. If 25% of your time is producing and performing music to an audience, then the 75% is making that machine run or doing your business. Today, as a guest, I have a multi-instrumentalist and one of my favorite singers, He's a tell-it-like-it-is guy, Mr. Frank McComb. Frank McComb went solo from labels really early, 2002, before it was even a thing. He navigated the uncharted waters at that time. Frank McComb is a blast to talk to, so let's listen to a current single of Frank McComb. It's called No Word. Man. Always good to have you. You're one of the, the people that I want to talk to about this project. Do the hustle, or how I describe it is that 25% business is the music, and 75% is behind the scenes and what it takes to get you on stage. I thought about you, I listened to our conversation the last time. You're like the poster child for independence and, and charting their own way early. I remember reading Billboard every weekend. And it was such a big deal when someone went independent. It was like, there would be captions like, oh my God, he went independent. You were one of the, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was newsworthy, you know? It's like, they went independent. You went independent, I don't know, maybe really early comparatively to other people. I mean, yeah. you were kind of creating and forging a, a path 
that really didn't exist. And, and at the time, yeah, at the time, yeah. It was unheard of. I, I kind of don't know where to start. I think I want people to listen to our interview before. We went all around, we talked about Gerald LeVert, we talked about Buckshot LaFunk, and we talked about a whole bunch of cool stuff. And you have, you have some great stories. Uh, when you went solo, you did that because you were you were on all these labels, but that was very risky at the time. Yeah, it was. I mean, think about it. In my case, yeah, it, it was a risk. But when you've been with two major labels and they didn't get you, I mean, it's what do you have to lose? It's not like those labels did anything for me. Neither label got me any exposure, never got me with a booking agency. One label, the first label, didn't even get a record out. Just a couple of songs on a few different projects. But the other, the second label, I got a great record out and they said they weren't going to support it. <laughs> so I hook yeah. up with an indie label. So black label, white label to an indie label. And I'm the only one on the roster. And, and I may have said it in the last interview, but it's, it's like they had a modern day slave and I just wasn't going for it. I mean, <laughs> and, then the, and then the manager I had at the time, the management team I had, they got in bed with the independent label and tried to work together to manipulate me. So with all the odds against me, where else was there to go? I say it all the time. I didn't want to make a career of chasing labels. I wanted to make a career of making great music and releasing it to the people. And chasing labels was not part of that for me. So um, for me, I guess I would have to say it was kind of easy to go independent because there was no place else to go. Yeah. Once you've lost, And once you've lost it all, you're really not afraid of too much of anything, you know. And and I, I lost it all behind dealing with labels, man. I lost it all. And with a family of four, trying to raise my family. So yeah. if it wasn't for me booking my own gigs and staying busy on the road, I would have been in some serious trouble. Because at the time, you know, the, the, the labels did absolutely nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally nothing. Not one thing for me that they do to get me out there. So there's a lot of people out here that say they're independent. And God bless them. But you didn't start out independent. <laughs> I didn't start out independent. I started out with major labels who did another for me, where they started out with major labels and got some kind of push. At least yeah. you got your record out. You got to push to the radio. You got to push to radio. You got to push to, to, to videos. And, you know, some people, they were lucky enough to get a video out, get it exposed. They had some kind of exposure, some kind of push. I didn't get any of that. And I'm not exaggerating. I didn't get any of that being signed to two major labels with all this gift I got. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do at that time period? Were you like, oh, my God, I got to hit the road. I'm going to stay on the road. I'm going to, like, do whatever, coffee shop, yeah. whatever, whatever you want, I'll, I'll do kind of thing? Yeah. Or, or do, you, do you feel that you mm-hmm. were overcompensated at the time? Or do you feel that, like, they don't have it now, but they have city papers mm-hmm. in the city. Like, you'd see your name, like, oh, you're coming to town. You know, now it's a little yeah. harder to even know that you're coming to town. So, I mean, mm-hmm. at, at back in the day, back then, you know, just seeing that, oh, he's in the neighborhood, he's coming soon, that that's a help. Yeah. Well, the internet helps with that, but sad to say, I won't name venues, but I'll just say in general, a lot of venues or a lot of promoters, they expect the artist name to carry the weight versus them doing what they used to do. You know, they used to get out there and put flyers on the cars, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I hate when people touch my car. I don't put that stuff on my car, but if it's a Frank McCone flyer, it's going. <laughs> uh-huh. But, but you know, the street teams and things of that nature, everybody wanted to depend on the internet. You know, and everybody wants to depend on the artist's name being strong enough for the draw. So that's less work for them to do. Yeah. Well, I I learned from a really cool Jewish guy. It's 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 a thing he would say to me, equal risk, equal gain. If I'm doing just as much work as you are, and I, I'm doing just as much work as the artist, you need to be doing just as much work as the promoter and promote it. And then they come to us artists and they say, 
we want you to put it on your social media platform and push it. Now, as an artist and as a courtesy, I can do that. But do I ask you to come up on the stage and sing a damn song? You do your job and, and I do mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had one club badger the hell out of me saying, I need you to push the gig. I need you to push the gig. I did, Wait a minute. Is it my club or yours? <laughs> Wait, I don't mind putting the word out, but it's not my job to promote the show. Mm. Now I'll tell my fan base, yeah, but it's not my job to promote. What do I need you for if I have What more do they want other than you talking to your fan base? They want me to sell it out, but they want me to do the work to sell it out, I guess. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, that's not my job, man. My job yeah. is to get up there and perform to the people that you get in the room. It's your job to promote it and get it out there. It's my job to put the word out and put a blurb out, but it's not my job to promote it. What do I, I could buy the room out and do it myself then, if that's the case. <laughs> what I need you for, you know, and I thank God for the internet because the internet has helped me on, on the independent tip. It really has, you know, for anything that I'm doing, like my own radio show, the living room of Frank McComb or Frank McComb's living room. Now I resurrected the radio show because sometimes you have to become the very thing you need. I needed radio. So I became radio, but I needed gigs. So I've actually put on my own shows. I put on my own productions and done it myself, even just me and a piano. And you have to do that sometimes. I'm not one of those lazy artists, man. You cannot be an artist and be lazy in this business. You just cannot do it, especially if you're independent. You cannot do it. An independent artist cannot be lazy. That's laziness to an independent artist is kryptonite to Superman. You cannot be lazy. You can't. Yeah. I think some people think, oh, talent will get me through. Let me tell you something, man. What I've learned is everything is run by money. And I'm just going to keep it real. Everything's run by money. If, if I had the money that a record label have, the whole world would know who I am. And I'd probably have just as many plaques and, and trophies and everything up on this wall behind me. <laughs> so, no, everything's run by money. Let me tell you something. Some of the most non-singing singers, if you want to call them that, are out here because the publicity has been paid for. It's called publicity. The more people know who you are, the better your chances of selling more records. And it takes money to do that. That's, that's one of the reasons why this business has changed. Money has been put up for marketing. And that's really what it is, is marketing. Take well, somebody with no talent, market the hell out of them, and they sell platinum. But you got a guy like me that's gifted like this and can't get support from any place. And I still do well with my cold following, but can't find the support because, as T. Marie told me, I'm too smart. No. <laughs> don't, nobody with, don't nobody want to deal with anybody too smart. <laughs> or smart enough. I won't even say too smart. I just say smart enough. Even in being smart, you got to know when to lay back and when to chill and let the next person do their job. When they come in and don't do the job, then it's up to you to roll your sleeves up and get in there and do the job yourself. So for any independent artist, any independent artist out there, I strongly and humbly suggest that you learn every job there is to know. Everything that it, that it takes to push an artist, learn that job <laughs> and put it on yourself. Because when you hire somebody, you fall out with that somebody, they can go about their business and then you can just roll up your sleeves and finish doing what you need to do to keep your ship from sinking. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's my advice to you. The last album that you did, I think, was like like a smooth jazz recording where you've done other recordings that were had a gospel tinge to it. And then you have other ones that, you know, really focus your vocals. It's almost like you you have multiple lanes that you can go through. You you came in as an R&B artist and now you diversified in a whole bunch of different ways. You know how they say you too qualify or you overqualify for a job? I don't think anyone said that to me yet. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're clown, man. You're no, but I'm in general, the statement. But you know, I'm waiting. General, the I'm statement. Wa- you know how they say, you know how they say you, you're overqualified for the job or you're too good for the job. I don't believe in that. And for me, I think that statement would fit me in this record business because I do a lot. I'm extremely versatile. There's many different things I can do in this. And Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind & Fire, I used to play with Philip in 93, around that time. 
93-94, Philip told me to take advantage of every opportunity in his business because I'm so versatile. He said, man, you could put out a gospel record or inspirational record. You can put out a jazz album and not even sing on it. You can put out R&B records, smooth jazz records. He said, there's so much you can do. And I, he said, I don't see why a label wouldn't want to pick you up to be so versatile, you know. But we here in America put everything in, in slots and boxes. Like if I do an R&B deal, they're not going to want me to do a smooth jazz record. If I do a smooth jazz deal, they're not going to want me to do a gospel record. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to deal with nobody narrow-minded. I'd rather be by myself and keep my freedom versus being with a label that's going to stifle me. I'm a very open-minded person, though. If someone wants to hire me or book or, or not hire me, but wants to sign me for a year to say, give me a give me an urban album, I would do it, but I would give them a year and then go to a smooth jazz, or go to another label and give them a smooth jazz record or something. But I'd rather deal with, with people that are just as open-minded as I am and not afraid to... Let me put out an R&B record and push it to R&B and then put out an, an instrumental smooth jazz record and they push that to smooth jazz. I, w- I would like to be with people that would actually support the vision, not so much the system. Does that make sense? I mean, I look at that. There's our urban charts. I mean, they're they're running like a current hit for like 45 weeks and, and heavy rotation. It's like they're really yeah. they're li- very limited in, in what they play. It's a different world than than what I remember it to be. Well, you have a point because I remember growing up, George Duke had instrumentals and vocals on his records. George Benson had instrumentals and vocals on his records. Why can't I do that? Because I'm one of those type of artists. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't have to stick to one thing because that's what the industry uh, requires. I want to keep my freedom. So I put out instrumentals on my records because, uh, you know, as me, I put out instrumentals on my vocal albums just like they did when I was growing up. So I shouldn't have to dumb down for a company. I just shouldn't. This is who I am and this is what I do. And uh, I'm not changing for, for somebody else. I just don't want to do that. I mean, if, if it's worth me compromising, compromise is one thing. Selling out is a whole different ballgame. Sure. And, I, and I, would be with, I would be willing to compromise, which means to give something to gain a lot. You know, that's, to, that's the way I see compromise, to give a little to gain a lot. It ain't selling out. That's negotiating, you know. I would compromise with a company and do an R&B record. But as long as I still get to keep my freedom as a musician, I want to go non-exclusively because if somebody else comes to the table and say, we want you to do an instrumental record and we'll push it to smooth jazz and stay out of the way of your urban. So that's two markets I'm in. And I know it's possible to do because just last year, I put out an urban single, which was We Were Made For Us, moving in traffic for smooth jazz, and um, a house remix of uh, Listen to Your Heart. All simultaneously, they all hit the charts and they all did well. So I did it a second time later in the year with a song called Instead, which is which is to honor fathers and men who are really, really trying to keep family together. And I didn't want to wait till Father's Day to put it out, which is what a label would have told me to do. <laughs> so, yeah. And it made top five on a few charts. So I had Instead as an urban tune. Uh, it's a brand new day for Ramsey Lewis, a tribute to Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And and I had a song called uh, a, a remix to a song called uh, There Are No Words from my Soulmate Another Love Story album. But we did a house remix of it and called it No Words. Both house joints were done by Tom Royer out of out of England. And those did very well. So I did it twice in one year to prove that I can do it. Three different genres at one time. And all of them did well. And I did it more than once. So 
I, if I had a label that saw this, if I had a label that gets this, that understands Frank McCormick, I've already laid the groundwork. There's no place else but to go, but to go, but up. Yeah. But until I can find that right label, or that label finds me, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and keep my freedom and my happiness. Now you, you got the the radio show, and do you have people working with you with that? Nope, just no. me. Uh, Jazz Beats Radio over at Cluster Music, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. It's their outlet, my man Daryl. Uh huh. Daryl is good people. Yeah. So I'm I'm um, putting it out through them, and it's on iHeart, and it's all the all of the mainstream, all of the major digital outlets, should I say? That's where it's at. Yeah, it's like, doing it's doing well too. It's all well. It used to be the living room with Frank McComb, and I ran it for almost four years. Uh, I just got overwhelmed with it at the time because then, you know, I started doing more shows. I wanted to make more music. And that was about four years ago, three or four years ago that I stopped doing it. And uh, I had a conversation with Daryl. I had a performance at the station and I had a conversation with him. And I told him, I said, I would, I said, in a perfect world, I would just love to have a, a, just a one hour show because the living room was two hours and it was just longer to program. And I'm programming it all around the world. Wherever I'm at, I'm programming it at the station. And I told Daryl, I said, I would like to resurrect the living room, but I would call it Frank McCombs' living room and just have one hour off all Frank McCombs, all things Frank McCombs for an hour, just so I can get my word out, get my music out, get the word out on Frank McCombs. He said, do it here, Saturday and Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can hear Frank McCombs' living room. One hour Frank McCombs, the beats of the world. I'm proud, man. I'm really happy <laughs> because, because you're looking at a guy who has not had the opportunities allotted I didn't get the the opportunities that everyone else has gotten. And um, to still be here, man, it, it speaks volumes. A lot of hard work, a lot of de- dedication, a lot of prayer, and a lot of support from my wife. You know, she stays out of my way to let me do what I need to do. She gives me my freedom. And if it's something I need her to carry out, I just call on her and she knocks it out. Yeah. But for the most part, there is no team behind me. It's all me. No joke. You know, the recording, mixing, mastering the records, releasing them, you know, doing it myself programming the music from a radio show and sending it in, even down to my Patreon. I do my little productions, man. I, I get my own footage. I record everything myself. I put it together in my computer, put the little words on it, add the music to it, the whole nine, and, and I upload it to my Patreon for my patrons. They pay me 20 bucks a month for exclusive footage that I don't share on YouTube or share with the, with the fans or anything. It's strictly for them. And they give me 20 bucks a month to access all of that stuff that I'm putting up. I'm doing little mini production. Not just yeah. getting on there. Oh, this is how I see. And no, 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 no. And I forget all that foolishness, man. Let the people see. Or as I put it, I'm giving you exclusive backstage access to my career. Mm-hmm. You know, the footage that people wish they can get. <laughs> you know, even concerts. I'll do, I'll get video footage of, of some concerts. And it's the footage from an angle that people wish they could get you know, versus sitting in the audience, that kind of stuff, you know, make it special. So, and I literally put that stuff together myself and I put it out. So I'm really a one man team, man. What's, uh, does your wife take care of the healthcare and all things personal, Frank McComb, she takes care of. Takes care. Yeah. And you have really cool clothing line. You know, I like your stuff, man. My wife take care of all this. She's going to get all them clothes, man. I just, she, she say, hey, put this on. Okay, baby. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, man, I don't have time to shop. I don't have the patience for shopping. Like, she'll go and grab some stuff and ask me if I like it. And I say, yeah, I like it. She'll bring it on to me, try it, and it works. Oh, okay. No, I was talking about you had the hats and uh, and some other things. Oh, that were, so you, you're I talking like, about the apparel. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I have somebody that takes care of that apparel. Yeah. Yeah. It's my buddy Chris. Chris, yeah. Uh, it's over at 30, 3104 Customs. They take care of it. Yeah. 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 They, they take care of all of my hats, all of my sweatshirts. Like, you know, anything with the Frank McComb or Booby School logo, or the FM or the Booby School logo. Yeah. They take care of all of that. Yeah. Chrissy Sharer is her name. And it's at 3104customs.com. Or, or people can email, uh, I think it's 3104 at gmail.com. And they can get all of my apparel there. Or better yet, they can go to frankmccombmusic.com. And that link is there along with everything else. That's a one-stop shop, frankmccombmusic.com. And they can get everything there. Apparel, music, Patreon, Bandcamp, everything. Everything is there. Yeah. You, you do those like meet and greets for students uh, sometimes when you're in, in the area. What kind of questions are they asking about the business? Well, FMII, they can ask anything they want. That's the Frank McComb Independent Artist Institute. And and it's funny you mention that because I always started out with them asking questions. I give them a little bit about, a little history about me, by myself to kind of break the ice, to let them know you can ask me any questions you want. And I've had people ask me, how in the world do you sustain with no support as an artist? How do you do it? And, and I simply tell them, really, the trick is to learn every job there is. Like I mentioned earlier, learn every job there is, everything that it takes to push a recording artist, every job that it takes, learn it. And if you can't get, if you can't grasp it, find somebody that can actually help you in that, in that regard. You know, anything that you can't do or just don't understand, try to find somebody that, that knows it or try to get more knowledge on it. It's not always easy. But yeah, FMII is fun because it's uh, it's a great feeling to be able to pass information on to people, and they really take notes and and use it, and 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 do something with it. You know, I actually think that you should go into politics because I would, I would vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> All depending on what, because I'm gonna tell you that's one subject I stay away from in yeah, politics. I, I, I just I just like someone who likes to tell it like it is. You know what I'm saying? I. I, I I can respect that. Well, in that case, they would they would hate me in politics. Then. I mean, the people would love me, but they, but the other politicians would hate me because they sell us on that and don't do nothing once they get in. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm still trying to figure out why inflation is going higher and higher and higher. I mean, there is, $28 for eggs is crazy. Yeah. I mean, there is no supply chain problem right now. So what, you walked into every grocery store, every aisle, everything is filled to the brim. Um, yeah, we have, we, we have... Uh, Employment that's the best that's ever been since 1969. What's the problem? <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell me why, why, what's going on? Because it just seems like it just keeps on going on and no one says anything. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and, and we all suffer for it, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's really sad. These are the kind of conversations we were having after the interviews mm -hmm. uh, with artists. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think a lot of, people who go to concerts have any idea as to what artists are doing right now any suggestions Warren Evans said that important to retrain people on how to sit and watch a concert or bring young people in and, and have them like focus onto the concert and, and be able to enjoy it like that was one of the things that he said is is necessary right now most important is that trained audiences have the time when they come to the shows because everybody they talk to that much yeah, that drives <laughs> you know, me crazy. Don't come to my show and talk. Do I? I'm gonna set up a Fender Rhodes with a loud amp while you're in your cubicle. And I'm gonna turn it up the moment your telephone rings. You got to take care of business on on the phone. 
I'm gonna turn my roads up and I'm about to get it in, man. <laughs> Cause that's what it's like, you know. Um first and foremost, do not come to people's shows and talk. We're we're pouring out our souls before you and you talk while we do, which means you really don't care about we have about what we have to say. You know? Yeah. Um that's very important. And and I also fault the venues for that too, because they need to make that announcement. I mean, some do, but you know, all venues need to make that announcement. A, keep it quiet or we're going to put you out. Because the artist shouldn't have to ask the audience. The artist shouldn't have to ask the audience to keep the noise down. Yeah. You don't come to a concert and talk. You come to the concert to listen to music. That kind of thing. Now, I can see if it was like, and, I'm, and I don't even mean to diss musicians for local talent. If you just, if you're hired to play music at a bar and you know they're going to be talking, that's different because that's a whole different mentality. You know what you're being hired for. But if you're a recording artist with a name out front and you're paying a ticket, pay for a ticket rather to come see that artist play, you have no right to sit there and talk. Is there any other things that you'd say for uh, any of the, the students out there, you know, as they're they're trying to make it through? We, we gave a tip to the audience. My last thing is like, don't beg for free tickets. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah. I would say as well, when you're dealing with with these venues out here, they yeah, they have to make money too. Try to keep your guest list reasonable. You know, they have to make money. They do, but also um, have a reasonable amount of guests. Don't just tell. Don't let them get away with just giving you one or two guests because they're gonna make their money that night. Especially if you know that it, that you're gonna bring bodies to the seat. Make it fair. You know, ask for at least ten. <laughs> at least 10 depending on the venue you know yeah. the size of the venue but uh but don't don't beat don't beat them up on the guest list um and don't beat up your sound man either you know whether they're good or bad don't don't blast them unless there's some buttholes because there's some sound men out there that are buttholes but uh i do understand the sound man's job and for those that are really really cool that really try their best don't beat them up if they make mistakes don't beat them up you know, not all sound men are the best sound men, but when you do, do get a good sound man, you know, you're lucky. But don't don't disrespect your sound man. Because without them, the people can't hear you no way. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, you know try to be a peacemaker in, in all walks, man. From the sound man to the venue to the audience, try to be a peacemaker, but don't be a punk. Don't let them punk. I actually, is a good way to end it. I've been doing this for almost seven years. You're the first person that gave me a Christmas. It wasn't like a Christmas card, but you're like, hey, have a good oh, Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, so there's this. It's the small things that people think. You know, think, uh, hold on to. So yeah, yeah, people don't get it, man. I mean, you're still human, you know. Well, we're, we did it again. Thanks for joining me again today. On something came from Baltimore. All good, bro. Yeah. All it's, good, bro. It's All the good. Do, do the hustle episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and keep hustling too. Keep doing yeah. hustle. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I will say, man, there's nothing like getting paid for something you enjoy doing. But at the same time, learn learn as much of it as you can, the best you can, so that you can enjoy doing it. Don't be in denial of, of what's going on in the industry. Um, don't look to the left and to the right because the next man's money not going to pay your bills. Um, just do the best you can in your lane, and that way you won't be jealous or envious of anybody else and what they're doing in their lane. Yeah. Just enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride. It's a great career. Don't try to be a star because stars fall. Don't try to be a star. Stars <laughs> fall. Have a great, lucrative, 
career with longevity. Just that's the way I see this business. That's the way I see it for me. I get to do what I love to do and get paid doing it. I get to travel the world and play music in front of people and just enjoy doing it. Don't get caught up in the accolades and crackalades. If God blesses me with that, so be it. But it's not going to change my mentality about this business and about enjoying my career. Perfect. Enjoy your career, man. Enjoy your career. There was so much like pain and suffering about the Grammys. Only four or five people get Grammys now. <laughs> so, you know, just don't assume you're going to get one. It's only, only four people get it. So <laughs> it's, it is it's, what it is. Yeah. Just, just accept it. Move on. It's not for you. you enjoyed today's show with guest Frank McCone. This is the To The Hustle series right here on Something Came From Baltimore. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Something Came From Baltimore. We are everywhere. The show is over and have a great day. Something came from Baltimore. 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 Baltimore.